Hey, everybody. Welcome to Better. <laughs> um, I'm Julie Duffy, and I'm here with Dr. John Duffy. Hey, everybody. We're we, back. We were in Switzerland. It was amazing. I want to talk all about that. Um, but we have other pressing things to discuss. Um, so, yeah, it's um, jarring to be up in the mountains above the clouds and um, jumping off mountains. <laughs> yeah, we paraglided, um, which was trippy. And the like. Um, and then, you know, land in the U.S. of A. and hear about back-to-back mass shootings. It was a... A harsh reality to return to. It really was. And um, you're kind of keenly aware when you come from overseas that, oh, that's not happening where I came from. They're, they're not, and, and they're receiving those headlines. One thing that crossed my mind is they're hearing about these headlines in a completely different way than we're delivering them to our own media and our own newspapers. And I actually looked this up. And, um, and effectively the headlines around the world where we're saying like, Hey, 20 people were killed down in Texas. Another 11 were killed or 12 were killed up in Ohio at a nightclub. Um, here's the statistics around the world. They're saying the U S has a serious problem with white nationalism and terrorism, domestic terrorism. I know one of the things unequivocal and it's worldwide. Well, one of the things that made me sad and sick was, you know, that there's countries, you know, there's travel warnings against coming here, which makes perfect sense, but it's sickening. And uh, also how, and you and I were just talking about this a minute ago, almost how ordinary it's becoming. I... Almost. It is absolutely ordinary. I mean, uh, a feed crosses your, CN- your CNN feed, right? And it's kind of like, huh, wow, that's An- awful. Another mass shooting. Yeah. And, and it, it feels so awful to feel so numb about it. You know, I was looking, Katie Couric on Instagram was blessedly posting pictures and a little blurb about a lot of all the people that died I saw that on and I really it was uh, I was grateful to be able to look at their faces and see them because you do feel it just feels like a far away um, weird common numbing bit of news and I don't know what to make of that I mean it it highlights how what an epidemic it is. Well, I've probably said more than once here that when I started practicing, when I was at my internship, um, the Columbine shooting happened. And there was this kind of post 9-11 national freeze around that. There was this kind of like, holy shit, what the hell just happened in America of all places, yeah. right? And so not only did we know Klebold and Harris, but most of us, mo- at least in my field, knew the names of the victims as well, knew the whole thing, knew the yep. whole story, chapter and verse. Now these things are so ordinary that I have to remind myself, 
oh, what happened down in El Paso is eight people more than Columbine was. Yeah. More. And, and then there was another dozen the next day. 30 people in, yeah. in 13 hours were killed. And that's less than were killed in five minutes in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So in, in a way, to make sense of this and to really integrate it, you know, it's almost this psychological buffering that we're doing because we can't really take it in. I mean, I'm grateful to Katie Couric, too, to see a face just because it makes us feel makes us feel a little more human right. to put f- names to faces because, my God, man, between the thoughts and the prayers and the what are we going to do about this uh, from a political point of view to, you know, what's the NRA doing and what's Trump saying and what's what are the political candidates saying? Um, That's like my right now, my least favorite uh, combination of thoughts or words or, um, you know, my least favorite segue is to hear um, mass shooting and the word politicians in the same sentence, it makes me want to throw up. Right. <laughs> um, and and it, it makes me want to throw up too, although I think most of us would agree. So I spent yesterday, you, you, were, you were just saying, I spent yesterday um, in a combination of, let's see, I went and did a, a TV show where I talked about how we're going to talk to our kids about this. Mm-hmm. Then I came in, I saw a couple of clients, then I drove back downtown and did a radio show about the nature of this, how we talk to our kids about this, how we feel about this ourselves, the impact of video games, the impact of, of um, a bunch of different elements and what could be causing this, mental illness, um, the proliferation of guns in America. So uh, John Hansen, who has become my new best friend because we seem to like to do media together all of a sudden, <laughs> and I spent yesterday talk trying to make sense of something. And I'll be honest with you, man. I've driven downtown and had that conversation with different reporters and and um, TV people and radio people, I don't know, 20 times, 30 mm-hmm. times in the last decade. And, um, and I, I remember it hitting me yesterday, my God, I think I've said all these words before. Yeah. You know what I mean? For like sure. none, none of this is new. None no. of this is new. And we're trying to talk a little maybe louder. Um, and sometimes we're trying to be a little careful, like, you know, ooh, we better not say this. This is too political or, you know, like, and in the meantime, and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson tweeted out something that, that I thought was so tone deaf. He talked about people who die every day in a 48-hour period from uh, the flu and from uh, heart suicide. disease and suicide. And I'm like, you know, well... These people didn't have the flu, you know, like these people were going to going shopping and these people were going to a nightclub and these were just people living their lives and they were taken from them and they were people just like us and they were just in a public place like we all go every freaking day and, you know, um, I keep reading like, you know, this could be any of us and most of us have this kind of like, you know, uh, cottony comfort around us, like, you know, yeah, but really could it, you know, like... I think, uh, I, I don't think we have it as much as we might think we have it. I think we get nervous uh, a lot and maybe don't realize it. We, 
we get more um, uncomfortable. You know, I do when I'm maybe at some kind of a large gathering at a concert. We were in Bern, Switzerland. It was their um, national celebration day, which is kind of like the 4th of July. And they seem to have kind of a sloppier, like you can shoot stuff off everywhere kind of vibe in the city. And it made us jumpy. I mean, and it was, it wasn't just like firecrackers. There there was something a little bit bigger and louder. And we were like, we kind of were frazzled after a while and just went back to our hotel room because it was, seemed a little rough shot. And, and that probably is, you know, just from frayed nerves. And, you know, you talked about our Denise, who, you know, cuts our hair, who's amazing. And, you know, her little girl came home from school, six years old, and they had had a bad kid drill. And she, her name, last name begins with a Z. And so her cubby, oh, they told the kids, hide in your cubby. And her cubby's the first one by the door. And she said, Mommy, he's going to shoot me first. The bad kid's going to see Our me. little kids, this is part of their school life, their drills at school, you know, and what the hell? Why were you letting this happen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you bring up that we were nervous in burn. So we were, you know, some people I can imagine listening to us and laughing a little bit because... We're in Switzerland. Um, we're in one of the safest countries on the planet. There is no gun violence in Switzerland. We didn't see a gun on a cop. And, you know, and there were like, you know, cops kind of walking around, you know, like just laughing, uh, laughing. Yeah. You no, know, it, was, like, it was a lovely holiday. It's just that we're jumpy from uh, my, my point is there's three Americans in the midst of a bunch of, you know, Swiss who are just like, it's holiday, (laughs) you know, here's some firecrackers. Woo. And, um, you know, and we're, we're hearing these noises and I think we're used to being jarred and alarmed and because you're right. Maybe we do feel like, Hey, it's possible, man. We had a nine 11. We've had mass shootings all over the place. There's something going on. There's a, there's been a shift in the tide because the drills we had when we were kids were what tornado drills in school right. where I was, and um, I remember one one time we did have an airplane drill because my oh, right. my my grammar school is about a mile and a half or two miles from O'Hare Airport, um, but that turned out to be a drill I think we only did in third grade, and then the nuns decided. You well, mean if a, an airplane crashed into your school? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think they kind of realized if an airplane crashes into the school. There's a drill's not going to really. I, I think sitting under the desk <laughs> might not protect you. I don't know, you know. Anyhow. So they decided to just wrap our knuckles with the with the rulers anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that you know, um, in a um, an exhausting way, we have to do something different. Um, you know, there is no reason on God's green earth that anybody needs an assault weapon um, outside the military. And, you know, there are are people inside the military who argue that they should be just erased from the planet, but certainly outside the military. And no cop feels like he or she should be carrying one around. So I don't know why, you know, we can get them at Walmart. Statement 
if at the very least we decided, you know what, at the gun shows and at Walmart and at Dick's Sporting Goods, we can take the ARs and the AKs off the shelves and any of those, you know, rounds that carry, that, that have a hundred rounds, you know what I mean? Those, those magazines. Mm-hmm. I think we can say pretty safely, like, your duck hunter probably doesn't need those. Yeah, those you know? are for killing people. Those are for killing people fast. Mm-hmm. So why don't we pull those while we think about it? You know, if we're obviously we're taking our time here. So why don't we get those off the friggin' shelves? Maybe that's a start. Um, one thing that, that John and I were, have been talking about in the last day is um, what's to blame here. So we talked about video games because some people in the political sphere are suggesting, oh, well, video games have a lot to do with this. Um, you don't have to do a lot of research in my field. First of all, I work with a lot of kids who play a lot of video games. I don't work any with any mass shooters right. or even single person shooters. Um, I'm not. I don't mean to be sarcastic, but that's just true. Um, video games are agitating. They have some problems when played in great quantity of hours, for sure. They're agitating. They're anxiety provoking. Um, there is some research that even says that they can make one more aggressive, but it's a matter of degree. I mean, more like, you know, more likely to be, you know, to, to punch a wall, right. um, but not more likely to kill a bunch of people. Um, and then there's the argument about mental illness. Does this have something to do with it? Well, I, I don't know if even if you have a political suggestion that you, that it's okay to take somebody's life. Um, I, I don't know if a well person is going to go ahead and do that. Um, but I think a mentally ill person who has lost their compass of reason um, and maybe is alone a lot of the time, I, I think that could happen. But that doesn't mean mental illness causes this. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, I think there's a combination of factors and m- most people who are mentally ill never do anything remotely, remotely, remotely like this. So, you know, like that's um, not really a factor worth spending a lot of time on, you know? Right. The guy's vacuuming now. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little late and we're in the office. So if you hear vacuuming, um, no worries. We're just, we're, that's how much we care about you, the listener. Anywho, how do we make this better? How do we make this better? All right, so I, I've got a couple thoughts about this, about how to make this better, and I'm curious to hear what you think. Um, one is, I notice when we travel that we we act differently. We um, we draw in deeper breaths. We take in vistas. We um, smile and nod at people. There's a certain thing about the American way of life. I mean, it's it's a it's a culture shock to be gone from here for ten days and to come back. It's a barrage. Even even if this news weren't happening, you know, just just landing and um, the, the the pace of things, it's 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 a little overwhelming to be in the United States of America. And I think we've created a culture that is an onslaught of. This is part of what my book is about, in fact, an onslaught of information and data and, um, and noise 
constantly coming at us. And I think this this cultural noise is part of our problem. We don't definitely we're not thinking, we're not we're not listening at all. Nobody's listening to anybody else. And um and with stuff like this, we do this kind of thing where um we just babble about it. You know what I mean? Like you turn if you turn on the news, whoever's listening right now, go ahead, pick your news channel and turn it on. And they're probably babbling about this right now. For sure they but are. But nobody's solving anything. No. Nope. So you know like you probably remember about six months ago, eight months ago, there was a shooting in New Zealand, a mass shooting. Within two weeks, they had this massive recall of guns, and they had massive legisla- le- legislation drawn that included some mental health provisions and included getting guns off the street and was pretty comprehensive and sweeping. And they just did it real fast because they're like, oh, we don't want anybody else to die. Yeah. You know what simple. I mean? Like, we don't care if anybody has their guns, like they're, especially the big, bad, the ugly guns. And... Um, and then it was done, and they went back to being, you know, whatever, New Zealanders, you know what I mean? And kind of looking at toucans and shit. I don't know what they do down there. <laughs> that's probably a little <laughs> narrow <laughs> I think that's, that's I think that's the uh, totality of it. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, uh, but, but, but there's, so there's something about our clip of life that we could probably draw back on a little bit. And we could probably do more listening and take a little more action. And so, if that means, um, if that means writing a legislator and telling them how you feel, do that. Let's do something instead of just babbling about it, making more noise. Because you know what? I think the noise is proliferating the problem. I really sincerely yeah. do. Yeah. You know, and um, and I think I think doing something about this is better. You know, you talk about what's better. And I like I like the marches and I like the protests and I like the support for the families who have lost somebody. Man, do we owe those people somehow. I feel like culturally we owe these families something. And I and at the very least we owe them their names. You know what I mean? We owe them knowing their names, knowing something about them. That's why I like what Katie Couric did. Um, but we also owe them action. We owe them like some kind of solution, you know, otherwise it's like, uh, yeah, that happened. Sucks. You know what I mean? Second amendment. Yo, keep Uh, our guns. Yo. Yeah. You know, I apologize for my, um, you know, lackluster. I'm, I'm, I'm numb. Well, I don't, I don't have any faith that anything's going to change. And I don't know, and people just argue, and um, some dude on my Facebook page, somebody wrote a really, I don't know, I thought it was a very balanced piece about, you know, basically, you know, no one needs these guns. They're, they're, they're created to kill people, not deer. They're and created to kill a lot of people. Nobody, and they're, you know, if, if your argument is, I need these to protect myself when the government comes after me or whatever people are that you know whatever that what do they call that preparedness or where they think the government's going to turn on everybody and try to take everything yeah, away the preppers man yeah, i mean like for the doomsday. you know it's like that's not going to do it that's not going to help you know it's it's to kill those guns are made to kill a lot of people and so you know no one should have them and um I don't know. And the idea 
I'll just, you know, now we're, now we're more talking heads, but the idea that, you know, like, oh, there's already a lot of them on the streets, so we need them in order to protect ourselves, that is oh, yeah, that's riddled the, with fallacies. The knucklehead on my Facebook page was, um, I thought I most of the people really liked what I posted, thought it was very balanced and made a lot of sense, and then this guy was basically, you know, saying that it made him want to give money to the NRA and and... Someone, one of my friends is actually military trained and is very familiar with these weapons. And, and he's like, well, I hope you're out there, you know, carrying them around so you can protect us all from these shooters. You know, that, that argument that if we were all armed, then these mass shooters ah, would the, die. The good guy with That's a just, gun theory. You know, you know what I like? Have, so, so I, I, you know, the, there is this subset of people that thinks like, oh, everybody should be armed and then we'll be safer. You know where I felt safe? Switzerland, where yeah. I didn't see a gun anywhere. And you know? Ireland. Where, uh, and Ireland. Yeah, and someone's going to say, then, then we should leave. But you know what? No, that's not. No, I want America <laughs> to be that place. Yeah, America you know? should be, people shouldn't, there shouldn't be travel warnings because it's unsafe here. No, and if Thomas we're Jefferson not that, we're, were, not dumb shits. were walking the planet right now, he would take one look at an AR-15 and he'd be like, Oh, oh, that's not what I meant. No. Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, I didn't picture that. You guys know what a musket is? It takes 15 minutes to load one round. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, a guy you can tackle between rounds. I like that guy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think we just, you know, when people say common sense, I think that's not the worst phrase, you know, and we're not using our common sense. We're just digging into ideology that right. is BS, and um, and that's fine for some topics. Like I don't care how much the government spends on a toilet seat. Like we get, I, we got time to talk about that. We don't have time to talk about this anymore because countless people are dying over and over and over again. It's it's too big a price to pay. So you know, like I don't give a shit about your politics or mine for that matter. The idea would be, hey, whatever it takes, let's make this not happen ever no, again. No, because you would say, let's get rid of all the guns. And so, but but you know, we're willing to say, okay, how about just the ones that you know shoot lots of people really fast? How about just those? That's oh, yeah. the compromise. Yeah, if you if you're if you're a a supporter of the Second Amendment. Do not vote for me when I run for office because I am going to come get all the guns. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a tiny pearl-handled pistol that takes two tiny rounds, I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> Do not vote for Duffy, period. Yeah. Um, but but I'm not the guy. That's why I'm not in office because I'm I'm irresponsible when it comes to the Second Amendment that is so vital to our Constitution. Not- but so, anyway, yeah, just the ones, the um, automatic weapons. Automatic, semi-automatic. Semi-automatic, you know, all, semi-automatic. All these, you know, friggin', you know, Corvettes that people are shooting, you know, screw it. Get rid of them. None of us need them, you know, and if you think it's a cool toy, like it says in Julie's um, uh, article that she posted, you don't need the cool toy. You know what? Get yourself a really sweet video game or a sound system or a Corvette, you know, and leave the guns to somebody who knows what they're doing with them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do we Have we solved anything here? Is, is no. anything complete? No, I wanted to talk about Switzerland, but maybe next time. <laughs> you want to give a highlight? Do you want to give two highlights? Um, 
we all jumped off a mountain and paraglided. And it was very, it was amazing. I had no trepidation about it. It was, um, so my Instagram is actually Duffy Voice. (laughs) And our whole trip is on there. And on a little highlight reel, you can check it out. Actually, it's worth checking out. Check out Duffy Voice. Um, There were lots of cows, lots of cowbells, lots of peace and quiet, and some snow-capped mountains, and some zip lining. And um, we actually rode on top of a gondola, which I didn't even know that was a thing. We got on this gondola, and there was a spiral staircase up. And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's $5 more, five francs more. It's called the Royal... The Royal Ride. The Royal Ride. <laughs> I'm like, can we just pay you? And he's like, yeah. So the three of us went up there, and oh, my gosh. It was wild to be yeah, up on top of a that gondola. That was so fun. We, t- we took more gondolas, trains, buses, and the trains, some of these trains are so well engineered, and they're ancient, and they go, like, up hills on, like, 45-degree angles. Wait, what, are they, what kind of train, what do they call that? It was oh, like a bicycle man. chain almost. Yeah, yeah. Like a... Anyway, just yeah, it was heaven. Yeah, every single cog had to meet the purchase. Cog, of there the, were cogs. Yeah, wheels and cogs. <laughs> wheels and cogs. Um, That's the name of the podcast, by yes, the way. Wheel, and, our new podcast is called Wheels and Cogs. Wheels and cogs and no guns. <laughs> <laughs> and we did not have fondue. Our weapons are mostly <laughs> wheels and cogs. Uh, we really have a low murder rate here. We're very <laughs> poor at the cog toss. Yes. <laughs> So that's our two cents. Yes, uh, that's our two cents. Uh, available now on Amazon and Target and wherever you buy books. Barnes and Noble um, is parenting the new teen in the age of anxiety. And by God, are we in the age of anxiety? Um, authored by myself and really ghostwritten by Julie. Um, and um, we encourage you to buy that today. Um, and that will be delivered to you when the book's publication date is, which is September 15th. 15th. But yeah, they're, they're selling like hotcakes already. So get your copy. Oh, tell your friends. We are a number one new release, by the way, in three categories I learned today. Oh. Um, we are number one in, uh, <laughs> check this out, number one in teen health, number one in teen parenting, and number one in. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. That is so specific. It is. It really is. <laughs> I think it's a category of one book, and mine isn't about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's um, we need that book more than ever, um, and let's just all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Yeah, we're going to need a Kumbaya moment. This is better, folks. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Love you, honey. Love you, honey.